Welcome to Interscription. Back in the land of proper professional audio, Rich and I relish in the extraordinary headroom and high fidelity of good gear to bring you this week's episode. We take a few moments to chat about Avatar 2, stop off in Cologne, Germany for Gamescom 2023, and express rage and disappointment at Sony stealing another of Microsoft's moves. Thanks for staying on this road with us. This feels like a breath of fresh air. We are recording on normal equipment at a normal hour in normal situations. What could go wrong? I was going to take that extremely personal in a good way and just think that you meant that talking to me is a breath of fresh air. That's how I took it because my ego is unchecked. It should not be checked. It's well-earned and also true with the bonus this week that I can actually hear you. You can hear me. Um, you know, I love, usually our split is pretty, you know, even in terms of post-production, you're doing intro, getting the liner notes together. I end up slapping it into Bitwig and exporting it. And the one week I had you do the thing that you don't normally do. It was quite possibly the worst recording source material I could have given you. Like I might as well, like on a gramophone recorded to tape recorded to like a zoom. It was, it was an epic uh, undertaking. Um, and yes, yes. For, for our uh, listenership, there is uh, that uh, division of labor really falls down where you're, you're doing a lot of the um, kind of post stuff and dropping it into, you know, an audio uh, workstation of some kind to, you know, get everything nice and cleaned up, lined up with, with uh, intro and outro music and all that, that fun stuff. And yes, um, I got iPhone duty uh, that week. <laughs> um, it was um, just to make sure we're boring the audience. I, I, yes, I, I, uh, I had uh, kind of going through the forensics of the audio of that one was uh, such a, such a wild ride. There was, it was first of all, just getting into, you know, recording on an iPhone microphone. However, amazing that, you know, is these days compared to what it was, you know, 15 years ago or whatever. Um, man, it was, it's just not like recording into a microphone, like proper microphone, not like these microphones at all. Um, and then just, uh, just extra bits of fun, you know, the, it's job as a phone microphone is to just pick up everything at all times. And just as far as, you know, cause it's really just trying to catch you wherever you are. So you can have a phone call and, uh, it's just serving a very different master. And so, um, just some of the, 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 uh, calisthenics, uh, that I had to, uh, calisthenics, acrobatics, something very hard to do, um, was getting, getting, trying to figure out, uh, how to isolate you from room noise and, um, it's funny. You had said during the pod at the very end, you said you've heard the kids kind of jumping up and down upstairs somewhere. And, uh, I didn't hear that at all during the pod, but let me tell you the iPhone heard that shit real well. <laughs> it was, I mean, it really sounded like somebody was actually bashing their heads into concrete upstairs. <laughs> I could not <laughs> believe how perfectly that was picked up by your iPhone better than you. I could hear them. I it was, uh, there was yeah. uh that there was uh the air conditioner unit downstairs whenever that would kick on just decided that that's who i was talking to and not you anymore i was had to talk to the air conditioning unit uh just a lot of uh 
a lot of very different things that I um, was not used. To. I was also, yes, you're right. I'm also not used to doing the audio production stuff anyway, but then uh, I got handed the, uh, the masterclass in, in one shot and just to <laughs> just get that there. And uh, uh, so I apologize in advance, anybody who was able to fully listen through that episode, uh, which is actually two weeks ago, uh, it got posted kind of out of order. Um, mostly outside of scheduling just because that was a Herculean effort to clean up audio and major, move it around, but major additional levels of homework on that. Yeah. And, and I thought it came out well. It's, it's funny because it's really one of those places that I feel like Google or Apple, and really it feels like an Apple flavored thing to start using AI to handle room noise. So, you know, I mean, it's clearly smart enough to understand the human voice. It can even, learn your voice as can Alexa and, uh, you know, Hey Google, like they can all distinguish between voices and do different things. So the technology is there. And even on a phone call like that room noise of the air conditioner hitting on, like you're hearing it there. If you and I were on a phone call because you were going through my laptop to actually hear me when we were recording, like you would have heard that too. And so many times I'm on the phone in the car and someone's like, what was that? What's going on? And it's like just road noise that's getting picked up and they're hearing it to a level that I'm not even aware of on my end because it's doing a great job at giving me their audio back and not giving a feedback loop of their audio back to them. So mm-hmm. like, I feel like that's an Apple branded fluffy feature that at some point they're just going to, you know, AI, just like they do out of the photos, like, you know, don't like that snotty kid next to your kid, just remove them like they were never mm-hmm. there. But to do it with audio, because we can, and you did largely do it manually, you know, using different gates and EQ to kind of isolate those frequencies that aren't working. So we have the technology. Now stop measuring my ear and use it for something useful. That's right. Yes. Figure it out, man. Yeah. I, I, for all of the very dumb features that just get packed into what is now about to be iOS 17, uh, maybe get those phone calls together at That's <laughs> the thing on the phone. <laughs> you, know. Uh, you know, it's just, uh, you know, I know, I know y'all are busy, but just, uh, not you, why don't you go point your, point your guns over there and see if you can get that done. Yeah. This is a great point. I mean, they, there's a ridiculous amount of intrusive thinking with big air quotes around it and what what phones are doing with our day-to-day lives with ai and such so yep this is a good place go ahead and just make the phone call sound better we'll all be happy please That's it. yeah and you know the hardware on all of these phones is pretty gosh darn good you know i mean your problem wasn't that there was a lack of clarity it as an omnidirectional room mic it did a great job like if you wanted to do field recording and get the cricket in the corner of the basement, you would have gotten it. Yes. So yes. yeah, we're definitely there. Um, so how is your week going? You're not in Texas anymore, which is good. Yes. I, I came home. Uh, I, uh, yes. What a, what a, what a week last week. I, I mentioned it briefly in last week's pod. It was a busy week, lots of work and uh, quite exhausting. I didn't really get a, a super amazing sleep. Uh, while I was gone. So uh, it took me some days. Uh, I guess that's the getting old thing or uh, getting seasoned. I'm sorry. I have to remember getting seasoned thing. That's right. Uh, and I just, uh, just took me a few days to really kind of get enough, enough sleep under me uh, to, to feel like I was uh, fully functional again. And right when that was ready to go, I had another maintenance I had to do last night. And so I uh, got into Got back into bed somewhere close to 3 a.m. So uh, starting all over again with this uh, this kind of fun. 
but uh, yeah, a week has been all right uh, outside of getting back into the groove of things um, here in uh, less sunny Pennsylvania. Uh, I don't think you can get much less sunny than 108 degrees uh, as it was in Texas. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, but yeah, been, uh, been a pretty good, uh, pretty good week and, and, uh, just, just getting back to the groove of things, just normal kind of boring stuff. Um, how about you? How's, uh, how's week going for you? Pretty good. It sort of hit the ground running hard. Um, Monday, the weekend, I wasn't able to get much of anything done. So both kids are now in travel soccer. So we've travel got soccer. an 11 year old who's, I guess the U 12 team. So it's like 2012 birthdays. Um, and then, uh, Henry seven is also in a travel light. So it's kind of the first year that they do travel, like to be a little more competitive. And so both of them have practiced twice a week in this last weekend. Uh, Nora had her first travel tournament, which was a huge tournament spreading out over like 16 different fields and locations up around Ambler PA and her link of the tournament was four teams and so they did three games over two days so that each team played each other and that first day was a lot that was a lot like as a fan as a parent you know it was just me and her we went up and there was all kinds of nonsense uh so she had her ears pierced earlier this summer and the one is still healing. So she's kind of got it in and it's just a tiny little stud. Uh, she went over to the coach to get started and the coach noticed and said, Oh, you got to tape those, uh, you know, most refs don't let you have earrings in. So take them out or tape them. So she came back to me and ran around the other side of the field during warmups and said, and I had actually brought some band-aids just in case that happened. So I was putting them on and one of the officiants, this like grizzled old guy who was just a like, heartless version of every old guy you've ever met, like hobbled over to me and said, you can't tape earrings. They've got to come out tournament what? rules. And like just snapped at her and snapped at me. And like, both of us were like, oh, okay, we were just doing what coach said. So I'm like, that's going to be the season because she can't pull them out based on my understanding at the time. Like, cause it's infected. Mm-hmm. Like she's got to keep it in and mm-hmm. not rip it out in the middle of a tournament. So I went back over to coach and he said, well, you know, it's up to each officiant, you know, you can, try to tape them and hide them and we'll ask the actual ref for the game. If it's okay, you know, the coach was fine and willing to work. Um, and she kind of didn't want to, because she didn't want to get yelled at again. I also didn't want to get yelled at again, but I was ready to do it. And so as you know, dad on duty, mom, nowhere to be found. I ended up calling staff, like, what can we do? And she's like, well, you actually can take them out. You know, it just might hurt. And like, okay, follow up question how do I do that? Like the actual mechanical skills, like what do I do for Mm -hmm. um, earring removal services? And like, she's Mm -hmm. already like petrified because it was really painful. The one time it came out like to get treated. And ultimately her and I got over that and we actually pulled them out and hit them in my wallet and she was good. Ended up playing really well for two games. You know, she was, she's the rookie. So she's coming in for relief and not, you know, a starter on the team right now. So, you know, she's, making the most of those minutes, but you know, exciting and super competitive. You know, these um, 11 and early 12 year olds are really playing hard. And like you, this is like where that page turns and it's not just like a bunch of kids, like just scrumming over a ball, but like you're actually seeing them hold positions and spread the field and pass and communicate. And that's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. 
Yeah, in response to the traumatic way we started, we then also got uh, water ice and cotton candy and then went to crumble cookies afterwards. Mm. So, I think that's the, uh, that is the sugar holy trinity right there. That, that was it. Yeah, it's actually the first time I've ever been to a crumble cookie, which uh, I don't know if you have any up by you, but like all they do is like six varieties of cookie a week. They've got kind of their standbys and then it's very much like a Krispy Kreme kind of vibe, super Spartan, just like a white building with nothing going on and just, you know, put in your order and like they pull the cookies out of these like white ovens and everything is like, there's no like, what kind of cookies do you want? It's just, uh, you know, going up and interfacing with the machine. But then they give you these warm, gooey cookies that are like the size of your face. And so, you know, six of them will feed like four days worth of treats Mm -hmm. and uh, completely worth it. Like really no regrets and just start ripping other parts of her body out so that we can go to crumble cookie to make it better. I think, yeah, yeah. I mean, just just catch her an, uh, an elbow right under the eye and say, "Oh man, did you did that hurt? We should go to Crumble Cookie." Exactly right. <laughs> just, <laughs> but, yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. I've never even heard of Crumble Cookie, uh, but uh, I will find one now. That's yeah. Sounds, uh, there's one down good. here. Next time you're visiting, we'll make a brief sojourn to go get some yeah. some good. Yes, cookies. I, I will feign the injury. Like, please don't pop me in the eye. Just like we'll we'll just <laughs> we'll just go. Oh God, I stubbed something. Let's go. So, um, yeah, I saw you put up on our list, uh, Good Omens. You started running through it. I sure did. I'm four episodes in. Um, I just finished the the zombie episode, if that tells you where I'm at. Yes, and there's only um, six episodes in the season, so you're wrapping well, and yeah, yeah the zombie well episode. Well, on my way. Um, this is fine. Yes, this is this is absolutely fine. Um, I, I am... Uh, I am I am with you in in your an assessment before that uh, John Hamm should do more comedic acting. He's a absolute treasure. Uh, it's uh, <laughs> the the one that got me the best was when he says uh, <laughs> it was uh, they were they were telling him you know like forget Gabriel you're you're Jim and he's like oh okay Jim short for Gabriel <laughs> and he's like no 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 <laughs> Jim short for James he's like ah Jim <laughs> short for James can also be Gabriel <laughs> and he's like no 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 forget Gabriel <laughs> and he goes he goes all right but uh, <laughs> I don't really forget things that much <laughs> 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 I just fell out <laughs> there's just the way that he like landed it and the whole situational part of that was just it was priceless and in, in how he, he, he delivered it i i absolutely fell out really really good um but yeah it's it's good it's it um it is uh i, I don't i mean i, I want to see how it wraps and everything i think I, I maybe enjoyed the first season a little bit more than this um but i i'm i am enjoying it um i just um it's hard it's a little chaotic in a way that um is fun but is also like when i step away from anything i've just watched i'm not really sure that i've gotten a lot of what's going on like i feel like maybe it's a little bit uh not gotten as though i don't understand it it's more that um it's more like a it's more like a like like it's like it's like uh playing playing with a little kid right like where where you just sort of make up stuff and play you know make believe and pretend and you you know you're just you know making silly stuff up as you go along just so that you can be around your kid and have a good time right and it's i'm getting a little bit of that flavor where i just you know it's so disjointed like the zombie thing came out of nowhere and the 
you know, and then maybe they tie all this up beautifully at the end. And it's just, you know, one, one grand, uh, masterpiece that, that, that paints and paints itself. So I'll, I'll withhold judgment, but I, but the tone of it is just, is this is, is also in that way, just something you want to be around kind of like playing with your kid. Like you just want to be around it, whether or not there's a whole bunch that you want to hang on it or not. So, um, but it's been good so far. It's a great craft too, for sure. There's all the little, uh, special effects and the, you know, the little signs that hang, you know, and, and jump around on screen and stuff is, is a uh, super cute and uh, uh so i'm enjoying it yeah I, I i think that's accurate you know a lot of it does feel like a your kid telling a story and uh, you know just starts going and and then a dragon swooped down from you know the sky and uh, you know you thought that that was a dragon but it actually turned out that it was a turtle and then we rode the turtle into the ocean and met a mermaid and then the mermaid turned out to be my accountant and worked on my taxes but also ran a chipotle and served <laughs> me a burrito and i thought i was going to eat the burrito but then the dragon which you forgot about came down and ate the burrito and that's why i don't have a burrito today can i have a snack <laughs> yeah yeah that's it that, that's yeah. uh so good omen season three everyone <laughs> right. you, you heard it here first that's right who needs ai dude I, i've got this I, I'll, I'll be the scab i'm totally there um do it yeah no i so i've actually been catching up on big movies that i missed big movies yes this is there's some big swings here yeah yeah yeah, yeah. talk yeah. to me so I tried when we were up at the lake to watch um, Avatar Where the Water uh, with my family. And I have several children with ADHD, and it is a four-hour movie that they didn't see the first of. So uh, my bad. Like, I'll take credit that that probably wasn't something to sit them down for. Um, but, you know, they saw it, and they're like, cool, blue aliens. They look neat. So, you know, it, and it is frankly getting into it a measure more violent than i think henry necessarily needed probably, probably yeah. could have been okay but like i mean some of it's pretty raw at least mm -hmm. early on in the movie um but yeah i wanted to talk about it because i then went back and got through it and watched the whole thing so first a question mm -hmm. why isn't this just considered a cg movie I'm not sure I understand the question. So, Can you rephrase? I understand that there are actual actors in actual film mm -hmm. in parts of it, like the humans are not CG, but right. there are wide swaths of this movie that like are indistinguishable from a Pixar movie where just everything everywhere is CG. And yeah. I'm not sure if this is correct or not, but it seems like... James Cameron does do a lot of filming and so a lot of like the water and like there's stuff that is on set in the way he's building this. Mm -hmm. But do you feel like it, I mean, is it a CG movie with the occasional real person sprinkled in? I would, without having to seen any making ofs or having a good visibility into his production. I, I think that this probably loosely has more cg in it than the last one maybe that would probably be fair to say um i i do realize that he also builds mammoth sets and you know a whole, like there's a there is a bunch of physical which is kind of how some of this stuff hangs on screen so well in a, in a way that most right. sci-fi doesn't um so i i think that's probably still necessary to some extent also his filming technique i i, I know we've talked about it before maybe on the pod maybe not but his camera rig um is set up with a real-time visual visualizer visualizer visual uh, real-time viewport um on his camera that when he's filming two people a person in a 
blue cat person that's you know several feet taller right he it it does a lousy but real-time mock-up of the blue cat people and of the 3d scene that he is going to be rendered and so he can set his shots up like a director like he can move his camera around and see where it's going to be in a way that most people just have to just imagine and hope it works out in post because they can't see all the cg that's just not here yet because they haven't sent it off to some special effects house so his involvement there is such that it's already been kind of mocked up in a 3d world that he can look through in his viewfinder and see you know again super rough you know stuff and i'm sure not every single shot looks like that you know I'm, i'm sure that's both you know got its own technical uh challenges and is is uh not you know always necessary in some shots but um so i think some of what he does and the the production pipeline he's built almost necessitates um doesn't necessitate it's built around the idea that there will be cg in nearly every shot you know um as opposed to how a lot of these things you know again not having been involved in every movie production ever but the way that typically these things have been said to have been made it's you know everybody makes the shots they're going to make and you know they hand that off to a post you know a special effects house that is got a whole bunch of extensive notes and probably directors that are involved and you know i'm not saying it's just a yeah you just do what you want man i don't know i just i film it you you cg it and that's that's what we do here i'm sure that happens too but you know there's i'm sure there's lots of collaboration and involvement but none so much as what james cameron does um so yeah i don't know i i I maybe is the implicit question should this have been a cg only movie Uh, i I don't think so i I think it just uh, raises the the question for discussing because it's not treated it's not advertised as primarily a cg movie and it's not kind of it wouldn't be dropped for oscars you know in those categories Mm -hmm. Uh, you know it's treated as a movie that's filmed in the real despite pandora being largely if not entirely cg at points and Mm -hmm. it's some of the best cg i've ever seen but he's able to get away with the fact that the um, that the Navi are not people. So he doesn't have to deal with the uncanny Valley in the same way that he would, if he was rendering humans into that as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, arguably we've seen fully fake Luke Skywalkers now through Disney a couple of times. So we're kind of getting there where there really isn't a whole lot of reason why they couldn't have just been humans. And, um, you know, some of the love death and robots uh, that dropped, you know, also were just like, is this one animated? Like, where's the animated part? And then, like, you realize that the whole thing is animated. Um, but it's just like this movie, more than some others, really got me thinking about that because we know from how fantastical some of these environments are and what's going on that none of it's there. Like, none of these entire scenes, um, with the exception of, and you know, I don't want to say that he's got a type, but having an enormous action set piece that takes place in a sinking aquatic vessel. Um, yeah, like yeah. It, it really harkened back to a lot of the physical effects that he used on Titanic with, mm-hmm. um, you know, the way some of the sets like deformed and twisted and going through some of the hatches with the water coming through um, mm-hmm. felt very physical and felt like he's definitely intelligently using his prior lessons in an interesting new way. Cause I thought that was a very cool set piece for that yep. final act in here. And um generally handled really well yes for sure uh i will say for that movie i did feel i might have talked about it on the pod i don't remember i i 
think I feel like that movie is a stunning rehash of the first movie. And they're almost to the point that I was kind of surprised that he was willing to like really hit some very similar story beats. Uh, I think some of the, the changes were almost minor, like, uh, you know, not to get too spoilery, but there is some characters that kind of come back from the first one, um, obviously being a sequel, but some ones you might not expect. And, uh, I don't, I don't know. I didn't feel like it was like changing a lot of the set pieces, updating some of the CG, and then just kind of going at it again. Uh, there in a way that I, I, uh, was almost shocked by, I thought we were going to have a very different story when we got there, um, you know, in this second one. And it wasn't a different story to me. Uh, it was alarmingly similar to the first one. Um, and yeah, that's a long, long movie. I mean, he is, you know, he kind of does what he wants, right? Like he's James Cameron. So like, I, I don't think that he's not, he, you know, and he even said with how long the movie is, like he had that whole thing about, well, you, if you're in the theater, you should just go to the bathroom. That's what you do. Don't worry about it. You know? Um, so I don't know. It's uh, in terms of technicals, right? It's singular achievement. You just can't take it away from the fact yeah. that he's. He, there's a couple of those scenes that are fully CG that I wouldn't want to have to do the AB comparison with something real because I would probably lose. You know, like it's like some of the water stuff because it's all you know based around beaches and water stuff is uh, uh, like you, it had to mesh with CG stuff clearly on screen and yet. Uh, you just, you wouldn't be able to tell, right? Like there's just no way to tell. I, I think he, he really nailed that to as close to perfection as we are today. Um, he's, it is when we say state of the art, that's what we mean, right? When, uh, it is the high, high mark for, you know, what, what we could do in, in terms of CG. So yeah, overall though, if you had to grade the first and the second uh, movie, what would you give the first one? And then what would you give the second one? Probably eight and a half or nine on the first one, seven and a half or eight on the second one. And I think, you know, I really enjoyed it and I think he could have done it in two and a half hours. So, you know, like for the story that it was, it didn't really need as much, but there is some of it just felt like his love letter to the ocean. You know, I mean, a lot of mm -hmm. that space is just exploring the wonder of the world that he created and nothing's really happening. We're just, swimming around enjoying the environment and you know he has that side hustle as a documentarian and doing deep ocean exploration so i get it like i think there could have been a cut that didn't have quite as much of that and moved things along a little more um because yeah like you said it's the same fight between the same two people uh, you know actually brought him back to life just to have the same big bad again and it left him open for another you know future issue uh, so it's, I'm very curious to see what story he still has to tell with mm. two more movies coming like between now and 2031. Like there's, yeah. that's, you know, at this rate, you know, another 14 hours of Avatar. So, yeah. you know, what yeah. are we driving towards? What do we want to show? What's the point? Um, and so I think I ultimately agree with you. A lot of it is cool forest. Let's just, um, you know, shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. Um, water biome let's do it here yes you know yes. but it's yes. like the same thing learning these tribal ways village elder he's bringing all of this pain on himself people are getting hurt and now you know he's got to turn around and save it to protect the people that you know shouldn't even be in this mess if it wasn't for him yes yeah 
Yeah, really, really, really shuffled that up. One quick note: I, I know we're going to uh, we're approaching a break here, uh, but uh, there was uh, so this week uh, Gamescom is happening in Germany. We'll get to that in our, our next segment. But um, there's a trailer that came out, and I wanted to mention this: um, Zack Snyder's new. It's, he calls it his Star Wars, uh, which is maybe setting some expectations. <laughs> and uh, okay. why don't you go calm down over there, Zach? And, but uh, but uh, called Rebel Moon, um, and it is a um, at least a, a, a two-part uh, initial movie. I think he's going to have more uh, after that. Possibly, I didn't. I couldn't really tell exactly how much of Rebel Moon we're going to get, but there's one coming out in December and then another part two coming out in April and Netflix exclusives um, and big action-y sci-fi epic, you know, as Zack Snyder can do and, you know, as Netflix can pay for. Uh, I, re- I bring this up because you had talked about Avatar Way of Water with the kids. And uh, what I thought was super interesting is he's going to be releasing two cuts of both of these movies the one in december and one in april um one that's kid friendly and one is adult friendly um and i thought that that was an interesting thing to do um i don't know that more directors do that or not or what that looks like um but it is sort of kind of like i've to me a fresh and potentially expensive depending on if there's any reshoots or changes versus just director's cuts um of having two versions of your movie out there, right. Of the kitty friendly version and then the, the adult friendly version. Um, yeah. so do you think that that just narratively is a good idea? Um, uh, and again, looking at your experience with way of water, I, I think it, I'm, it depends on the execution, uh, you know, because there's two sides to that. One is the things that make something adult need to be important enough to be in there because if you're adding violence or adult things, just gratuitously for the sake of it, then you're not really driving story. And I would say, no, you might as well just have a more child-friendly cut because you didn't actually need it in the first place. On the other hand, if it is vital, but there's enough good left that it's worth introducing the story to an earlier audience, then that could be very interesting. I just don't know how you get there. Like, so... I'm going to have to withhold and see how it's pulled off. I love it as an abstract concept. Um, and yeah. I just looked this up. This was actually originally pitched as a Star Wars movie. Oh, to, he, to oh is that what he did? Okay. Yeah. So, and I guess Disney passed on it. So he decided to just do his own thing, but there are lightsabers in it. There are space princesses, there are death stars. So yeah. like it, it, it is his Star Wars in the sense that it is the Star Wars movie that he wanted to make, but didn't get the licensing. Yeah, I absolutely saw a couple of pieces in the trailer that just dropped this week with colored swords getting swung about. And I was like, I, I, I imagine that you have lawyers involved. <laughs> this is all I could say. <laughs> I like stopped for a second. I'm like, I don't, I think the mouse objects. I'm not sure <laughs> you might, might need to talk to somebody. Totally. So. Yeah, but yeah, I think that'll be cool to check out. I, I like the idea. And I think with a four plus hour avatar movie, Yes, you absolutely could have done some of those action scenes up until the end with the one-on-one conflict in a much less violent way and still gotten to the same place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I like it as an idea. And then, you know, you get the question, you know, when do you transition your kids to rewatch it with all the blood put back in? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. you know, which one is the definitive edition? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Good, good conversation to crack open more when we find out about it. But uh, how about we take a break and uh, we'll come back and we'll uh, unpack some more topics. Sounds perfect. Talk to you in a bit. See you in a bit. 
All right, we are back on. We are hitting this for some news because there is some actual, not breaking, but pretty recent news on a couple of things. Uh, one of which I have no idea about, the PlayStation Portal, which hopefully you'll tell me about. Um, but we finally got our first update in a while on the Microsoft Activision merger with the CMA. So going to keep this tight. Uh, yeah. You know, the last time we talked, uh, it went back to the CMA. The FTC had kind of lost. And so it was all coming down to the UK on whether or not they were going to approve. Microsoft filed a change of circumstances brief where they pointed out that even Sony had signed on for access after the FTC roundly shut it down, also pointing to the U.S. cases, the amount of testimony and evidence that was de- delivered in there showed that some of the U.K.'s concerns were not really there. They pulled in NVIDIA folks, Google testimony, all of these things that sort of undermine the cloud thing. Um, U.K. agreed to reconsider it. They said, nah, we're still going to block the deal. So Microsoft went with plan B, which was kind of a dark horse plan, which is they are going to sell off Activision's cloud streaming rights to Ubisoft in order to get the deal through. And so they'll still keep, they would acquire Activision, they would get to put Activision games on Game Pass, they would get all the profits for selling Call of Duty on PlayStation, Nintendo, and all these other places. But everywhere other than the European Union, Ubisoft would own the cloud streaming rights, and so they could license them back to Microsoft, and Ubisoft is going to pay Microsoft for those rights in either a lump sum or a subscription. But then Ubisoft can put it on Ubisoft Plus, they can put it on PlayStation Plus, put it on xCloud, whatever they want to do, but it would be their tiny little bundle of rights baby, which is kind of weird. That seems weird. I I have many questions um so hopefully i'll not uh make this uh untight um <laughs> i know you had a, just a couple couple a uh, couple of minutes on this but so so let, let me back up as a u.s citizen what would that mean if i wanted to play a cloud version of the next call of duty game it would mean that if it was on Game Pass but not licensed back for streaming, then you couldn't do the play now while you're downloading. You wouldn't be able to play it on xCloud. You'd have to go wherever Ubisoft was offering the cloud streamable version, including buying it again if you had to, if they decided to only keep it in their own store or offer it only through an NVIDIA service or something else on a game-by-game basis. So wow, yeah. Well, it's, I mean, so you, but you could still download it. Like all we're talking about here is the yep. actual cloud streaming version of it, the shitty pixelated <laughs> streamed well, version. So yes, today, but the deal would be for fifteen years, and okay. so like it's all Activision Blizzard games for fifteen years go into Ubisoft's bucket, and I feel like a decade from now, cloud streaming streaming is going to be a whole different animal. Yeah, so I hope, one would hope, right? Right. And it's been a long time now from when OnLive came out until now, and it's not maybe so much better, but uh, maybe another 10 years and we'll yeah. get it. No, I mean, we still, <laughs> latency is more important than bandwidth. And so, like, it's still going to be a generational leap or two away from being on par with downloadable games. So, 
always always true always correct um you know it really is the most naked attempt to just appease a political body for political reasons uh, you know and i think it's very smart that they worked this out with ubisoft which is strong independent not looking to be sold anywhere they have a very friendly relationship with microsoft already and so you could see that there's probably plenty of room for reciprocal streaming rights where they just kind of paper over all of this and say yes your first party titles will lease back to you at cost or against our initial purchase price and really just act as stewards for this process does ubisoft have a current streaming service like nvidia and other people nope they do not i think um ubisoft stores download only so yeah it's it's interesting um no i guess they do have ubisoft plus cloud gaming so let, let me stop myself there um, they do, and it's a subscription for $18 a month for Ubisoft games. Okay. What's so weird about this is it's not, these won't be Ubisoft games. They'll be Microsoft games that Microsoft isn't allowed to stream on Microsoft servers. Right. And it's a Microsoft game that you could definitely download and play on PC and on Xbox. Yes. Just can't hit the cloud button on these games. That is correct. Unless they purchase a license back from Ubisoft to be able to do that with their own games. So then let me ask you another question. Is it conceivable in this that, so for example, if you're a Game Pass member, you also have, what is it called? EA Access? Yep. Like the the lower tier of EA Access um, as part of Game Pass which means that there's EA games that come to the service uh, on Game Pass and are therefore cloud streamable. Um, maybe those things are separate, but um, and also you get discounts on EA games and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and there was talk about Ubisoft Plus also arriving on Xbox. I mean, it's a thing you can get on Xbox anyway, but if Ubisoft Plus was added to Game Pass, would that be a legal circumnavigation of all of this nonsense and they could just stream it anyway and just say oh well we're not streaming it <laughs> ubisoft is streaming it and well, just having i mean you can already do that like there are ubisoft plus games on at least pc game pass right now um rainbow yeah. six is one of them and if you go to gamepass.ubisoft.com you'll find out all about how to link those two accounts up so you can do just that so yes wink wink nod nod i am sure that the choice of ubisoft was second only to them reaching out to EA and saying, uh, seems like a lot of paperwork guys. Can you just, can we not? Yeah. yeah, yeah because yeah, it's yeah. very like, of course. And that sort of solves it. Right. If they have just a global license back deal with Ubisoft saying, Hey, all of the Activision Ubisoft games will go into your Ubisoft game pass plus set up for us. And that way people who buy the game through our service or have it on Game Pass can still cloud stream it. And then it's, you know, a marginal kickback. The benefit for Ubisoft is they get the profits for selling it to PlayStation Plus, these other places. So it really is kind of like a loan where Ubisoft is going to put some money up, but going to get long-term capital, increase the value of their company while still being very friendly with Microsoft in this partnership. Got it. So yeah, it's it's lawyers, man. Lawyers doing lawyer things. Like it's mm-hmm. 
what it is. So yeah, that's really all I had on it. Um, they have an October 19th deadline to make the decision. So it's like right up against the extended deadline for the merger itself. Okay. Um, the joint motion at the um, CAT tribunal, which was the appellate body over the CMA, um, said that they were going to move more quickly and not, you know, slow walk this in bad faith. So very possible that they'll do the investigation and clear it. Like, I don't think that Microsoft and Activision and now Ubisoft would have just put their heads together and sort of riffed on it without the CMA's involvement. Like, it seems very much like, hey, before we call up our buddies and sell off these interests, does this do what you need? You know, it would be like really just bad lawyering and, you know, bad CEOing to get all of these people in a room to work up this very complex deal if it still wasn't going to move the needle for the CMA. So can I ask that um, from a legal perspective, like, is that somewhat common practice? Like if you're thinking of settling or you're thinking of making a particular, you know, agreement in court, do you, do you sidebar it? Do you talk to everybody before you start bothering the court, the judge, the, the people like, do y'all just talk first to see whether or not anybody's even interested in this before you start or offering it? Yeah, I, I mean, more so in a structured settlement setting, you know, sometimes if we're dealing with a, a one party system where it's an administrative body and there really is nobody on the other side, you know, in some sense, Sony was kind of the surrogate on the other side of this pushing against the deal. But it's really between Microsoft, Activision and a government body like they're just representing the people writ large. So there's not like a plaintiff and a defendant and they're trying to work it out. But in a lot of settlements that's a big part of it. You know, you sit down with a mediator, you sit down with a judge and, you know, talk to each of you privately, kind of get your baselines of where you are to see if there's even room to smush things together. And then if you're close enough, you'll keep talking. And if you're far enough apart, the judge will say, Hey, you guys just have to fight. Like uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to bring it together. Um, But I think in something like this, where the goal is to address the regulatory concerns that the CMA raised. Their concerns were all around the impact in cloud streaming. This is a very specific solution that I don't think a lot of people were envisioning or imagining. Um, And I think having a large independent games company like Ubisoft as the third party who's stepping up to the plate here shows that there was some weight pushed around to to get this moving because Ubisoft's got lots of lawyers too, you know, so you're not just going to call them up on a Friday night and say, Hey, I didn't study for the CMA exam. Do you have a copy of last year's paper or something, man? Mm -hmm. You know, like this is pretty advanced and it would be reckless to not get the CMA's preliminary, like off the record insight into whether this was what they needed done. And and I guess specific to that, that's part of my question. Like, is that like legal, like that sort of transparency to just like sit to, to go to the CMA, not necessarily say, hey, we want you to to rubber stamp this beforehand because we haven't actually given you the full breadth of it, because obviously that would damn the CMA into something they may not want to agree to. But but it is still a reasonable thing that happens from a legal perspective to just sit down and say, Hey, these, these are some of the things we're thinking about. Should we even bother? Is that, is that more what, what the conversation is like? I I think that's very much it, you know, analogize it to 
social security where there's nobody on the other side and it's just your client applying for benefits and a judge often before we even go on a record in a social security case a judge will say hey I think I'm going to grant this claim, but I don't think you became disabled when you think you do. I think it was two years later when you got bowled over by that dragon flying through for that burrito. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the judge will say, you know, if you guys amend your date to that date, I can write this as a fully favorable decision. And mm-hmm. if not, then I've got to delay it and write it as a partially unfavorable decision. And I have to do more work so that you can preserve an appeal. And sometimes you say, Great, you know, that's worth the trade-off of just having it done and getting the one page yes right now. Sometimes you can't reach that. But that kind of conversation happens all the time. And, you know, in the patent context, you submit something for a patent, the examiner will come back and you can actually call the examiner, like if they deny the patent application, say, hey, what do you need to see changed? Like, what do you need to see that'll get you to a claim? And sometimes they might say, nothing, I hate you and you smell funny. But sometimes they'll say, well, you know, these claims are too broad, but if you focus in on this and rewrite this section, then I can grant this part of it. And so it's not binding. They could still see something else. And even with the judge saying, you know, I'm looking at writing this uh, as of this date, they could go back to the record and see that actually dragons aren't real and you ate your burrito without a problem and still (laughs) have to come back and deny it, realizing they were wrong, you know, or find a reason to granted all the way back. So they're not bound, but usually there's there's good faith in those kinds of discussions because we're dealing, especially at this level, with multi-billion dollar companies that are generally slow moving, a highly public um case for the CMA, you know, quite possibly, you know, their most splashy ever. So everybody's got kind of an underlying motivation to get this done, have the CMA save face, give them something that they need to get things through so that Microsoft isn't in the position of just closing over the UK and just not doing business there. Got it. Got it. So yeah, okay. it's, a lot of that happens a lot. And I think, you know, going into family stuff where there are, you know, two sides, you'll see attorneys for both sides often, you know, getting your permission to just talk and try to see what's there, you know, like where the two parties can come together without binding anybody and just have a frank conversation with counsel for the other side and, Sometimes the clients can't do that, but the lawyers can get together and have that talk. Right. A little more dispassionately, right? Yep. Yeah, it makes sense. Okay. Very interesting. Very good. Did they, is there any deadlines on this when we'll hear back about it? Yeah, so I think that is um, October 19th is what it is. Um, uh, I am not positive, but I know it was like days before the uh, the actual closing deadline based on the extension. Hmm. Uh, okay. Okay. So we got a little time ahead of us, but very good. Yeah. Hopefully we'll get some uh, updates soon. Yeah. And the good news is it isn't Bethesda. So Starfield will still drop on September 9th and that'll take us <laughs> oh, right man. through. Oh, that is it. I, I have to say, you know, one of the things that have happened transitioning here to a Starfield discussion that I, uh, have never considered at all and have always thought was very stupid is to buy the like premium upgrade edition so that you can play the game five days early. But let me tell you about how I, I have thought twice and thrice about maybe possibly (laughs) just finding the corner of a credit card somewhere so I could play five days earlier than, than the uh, release. Cause 
I'm very excited for that game, I must say. That, uh, yeah, that's um. those are some good five days. It's September 1st instead of the 9th, so... Yeah. Yeah. So that's not far away at all. That's like a week and change. Now, how much is the premium edition? I don't remember that. I don't remember. It's probably 80 bucks or whatever they usually are, you know. The, um, I'm sure it comes with, you know, DLC and a koozie or something, but, you know, it's a, uh, you know... Yeah, it's, I mean, it is tough since it's also on Game Pass day one. And so it's right. not really the difference between like $60 and $80. It's the difference between $80 and $0. That's right. And completely free, <laughs> which congratulations to the Game Pass marketing department for somehow making me think that $17 a month is free, but <laughs> they, they did it. <laughs> Man, yeah, I, man. I'm very, very excited about that game. Uh, Tempur-Pedic Mattresses uh, actually created a, a one-off Starfield cockpit um, to play Starfield uh, in. Um, and, um, well, I'm not mad at that either, dude. I, uh, if you were going to set up a cockpit for me uh, with Tempur-Pedic mattri- mattress materials, uh, I would want to play Starfield in it. So, yeah, no, I mean, they are the right partner for that task, right? I mean, it's really, I would like maybe a Doritos logo logo on the side also, but other than that, that's, I think Reese's pieces would be, would Mm -hmm. be fine, Mm -hmm. uh, out of a dispenser of some kind. I would uh, be okay with that. Maybe, uh, maybe some Mountain Dew, um, not Mountain Dew. I think a good, good Coke, I think is good. it seems like we want, it seems like we're going to have Coca-Cola billboards somewhere in Starfield or we should anyway, somewhere out in the stars there. I want to. I want to really, uh, really get in there. I'm, uh, I'm excited about that. Speaking of uh, games, and Starfield actually uh, opened uh, Gamescom um, out in Cologne, Germany uh, this week, uh, starting Tuesday. Uh, Jeff Keighley uh, is now the kind of uh, keeper of all shows um, as he's taken over E3, and he also has uh, opening night live uh, out in uh, Germany. Uh, and uh, so on Tuesday, he actually had a whole uh, thing. Uh, what a what do you call it? A presentation stage show, his whole, uh, shtick that he does, uh, out in Germany and, uh, you know, chock full of trailers and stuff like that. It doesn't look like there were a lot of, doesn't doesn't look like there was a whole bunch of, uh, 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 new trailers and new new experiences or what have you but there were uh a lot of updates a lot of date uh, um uh release dates and, and and things coming out from from it um to open the show uh todd howard phil spencer were out there um and uh, they had a live action um uh, starfield trailer um which was uh very expensive um and uh had some weird uh froofy version of rocket man sung by not elton john nobody needs that but uh but other than that uh they are ready they have spent all the monies um there this is this is the game of the year that, that they are that microsoft is pinning all the things on um this is making a ton of splash damage uh around everybody else who's trying to launch anything else around this time um but uh i am very 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 excited about that um but uh gamescom uh as i said uh this week there uh have been some updates uh from some games coming out um i grabbed a real quick uh went over to uh polygon just to kind of see what was uh 
uh, announced there. And uh, just a couple of quick bits uh, in here. Um, Little Nightmares 3. Um, you and I played through the first one together. Yeah. Um, and I think we were, were pending on the second one, so maybe we'll, we'll catch that one. Um, uh, it just got announced. And uh, Little Nightmares 3 is actually local or online co-op, so um, we'll, we'll have to get our affairs in order so we can uh, play that. I, I think that one comes out next year, so, um, so we've got a little time on that. There is a, one of the things that is interesting is uh, for Gamescom, some of these other shows are very console focused, PlayStation and Xbox and, and Nintendo, uh, but the Gamescom one has an equal amount of uh, PC gaming um, that's kind of brought up as it's, it's a, like a first class citizen um, to have PC gaming at, at the uh out in Cologne for for Gamescom, um, a game that has been floating on for years now in trailer form, Black Myth Wukong, um, and uh, uh, absolutely incredible looking Unreal Engine Five. Um, uh, the <laughs> Chinese developers is called Game Science, which is actually an awesome name for a developer, um, but it looks absolutely uh, outstanding um, based on the kind of rough. Uh, mythologies around the journey to the West um, with the monkey King and, and all that. Um, but they basically took that and made sort of a Soulsborne type game. And um, it looks like it'll be out next year. I think it's PC first and then we'll be, uh, uh, we'll come to consoles later, but uh, just stunning looks stupidly hard. I, I don't imagine that unless they put an easy mode in there that I will even touch it, but I will absolutely watch it because it looks uh, like one of the best looking games I've ever seen. Uh, so, uh, really, really beautiful stuff there. Uh, I'm just going to glance over a couple yeah, other yeah, things yeah. here. Um, there is also one equally ambitious in terms of visuals, but even more so there's a open world action game called Crimson Desert. Um, Xbox had, this, this is from Pearl Abyss. Um, the, they had this at one of their shows a few years back. Um, and it was pretty chock full, uh, looked really, really great. Um, and then it sort of went dark i hadn't really heard an awful lot from it um really looks great um it also looks like uh the amount of systems in it is sort of uh it's just it will absolutely blow you away like i mean they've got you know puzzle game parts and third person action and stealth and there's a fishing game in there and they're like i mean it's just the crafting systems it looks like it just like the depth of it looks like they put seven games into one and just made them all amazing looking. So super expensive beers there. I don't know. They'll be able to pull all that off, but it does look great. Um, so I recommend that. And, uh, uh, the, uh, the other one, the black, black myth Wukong, um, for trailering. Um, they, they both look outstanding. Uh, Tekken eight got it's, uh, uh, now uh, announced it's, uh, uh, launch date is in January now. Um, so yeah, that's, right right that's great. Yeah, so now we're kind of, it's uh, interesting to look at, you know, kind of the space of uh, everything that's uh, available here. But um, you've got your Street Fighter 6 that just dropped, your Mortal Kombat 1 is just about to drop this month, and then, you know, uh, and then uh, pivoting over to, to Tekken 8. And actually, uh, Killer Instinct is going to get uh, Anniversary Edition that's coming out that's going to be Series X and S uh, enhanced. So, uh, really great, a, great time to be a fighting game yeah, fan no for sure. It's really kind of a renaissance. Uh, wake me when there's a full modern Soul Caliber, and I'll and be then there. We're in. And then we've gotten yeah. all the things. Or freaking bring back Bushido Blade from the PS One. Like 
man. Can't they do it? Can't they do it? Can't they make the Star Wars Jedi game that is Bushido Blade and just that's the last game we'll ever play? Can't they just do that? That's it. Uh, like, it they really, I, there was just something so unique about that game in terms of the reality of what sword combat is and that it's not a whole bunch of like lowering hit points, but if you get the right strike at the right time, that's the end of it. And it's over. Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that somebody will wake up and do that. Like it just is what needs to happen. Uh, a couple of the quick hits here. I don't want to spend a ton of time on the list. Cause a lot of this was actually already announced. You know, they, they, uh, you know, did another trailer for Mortal Kombat one, you know, it's kind of, we're done with that now. They need to move along. Um, Alan Wake two is coming out in October. They actually pushed the date on that. It was October 17th. Now it's the 27th. I guess they're just trying to make extra space because I think Forza and Spider-Man two are both going to be out in, in more close proximity to that. So they're just trying to clear the way a little bit. Um, so super excited for Alan Wake two. Um, and then there was, what was the other one? There was one or two others I want to mention. Oh, the other one that I thought was kind of interesting, uh, cyberpunk 2077 has got that expansion pack phantom Liberty coming out. Right. I would like to get back to that game after this because they are actually making a full and it's free for people who own the game, uh, 2.0 update for the base game. Um, and they're retrofitting a ridiculous amount of things. Like they are changing systems. They're adding car combat. There's, I mean, it is. It is almost like a full overhaul. And with this is now a current gen only game um, with Phantom Liberty. You can't actually play it on previous gen stuff. Um, so I think that's going to be a great thing. Um, but those are coming out end of September. So um, I'm sure I'll be hip deep in Starfield. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really have any time matter. for that game. But <laughs> that's it. When, um, when there's like the game developer strike, we'll just have a really good backlog. That's it. I mean, I do think given the, 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 the actors and writer strikes that are continuing to go on, I do think this will be a great six plus months ahead of us of just catching up on video games because <laughs> our backlog is huge and we will have no TV or movies to watch. So, right. um, uh. should be a, should be a something for sure. But anyway, um, those are the announcements that I saw that kind of caught my eye. Certainly other things floated out of there, but, but, uh, maybe nothing quite, uh, as splashy as those. Those were kind of the big hits that I saw. Yeah, now assuming I can stick my head up on Cyberpunk, I'd be interested to give that a little more time. I found that the combat was just really wonky and unenjoyable, and the vehicle parts were just not fun at all. Yeah. Uh, you know, it felt kind of like Deus Ex from a decade ago, you mm -hmm. know, in terms of the actual like interactions with everything. And that was just. Not that satisfying. So hopefully that 2.0, like they've got some of those like core mechanics to make playing this undeniably gorgeous universe a little more fun. Yeah, they did show in that trailer. There was a whole skill tree that looks like is added, like wasn't even there before where you're doing these like super moves in combat. Like you like had a big hammer where you were just jumping through the air and smashing it on the ground and having people fly everywhere. So uh, I would love to see this be the full realization of what they they delivered because yes i mean in terms of just jaw-droppingly beautiful worlds that are so handcrafted i mean these are the witcher three guys right like they yep. know how to make a world that few others can even touch um so would love for this to be the way to finally get into it uh so um yeah so that was uh that was that and also um sony took some time and i guess maybe we can cap off with this because we're uh we're, we're approaching an hour so i think it'll be a good time to 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 get close to wrap unless we have some other things that pop up but uh sony's 
took this week to sort of shuffle the papers a little bit and uh, slide in their official announcement for the PlayStation Portal, which is their uh, eight-inch tablet with a DualSense uh, controller split in half and snapped onto it um, for one hundred and ninety-nine dollars. Uh, and this is uh, this is a you play this. It is basically you need a PlayStation Five that does literally nothing without a PlayStation Five. You need a PlayStation yes. Five to use it. It doesn't do cloud gaming of any kind. No. Um, it is just talking to your home console. Um, I guess there's been some testing to do it remotely. You are able to technically do that remotely, um, but uh, you know all of the ways in which one might not have the proper infrastructure to do that um, would mean that it's probably best for Wi-Fi. Um, it, much like the remote play for all of the different systems, uh, does take over your PlayStation 5, so it's not like you can share it with somebody else in any way. It's just a remote screen for your PS5 in the other room, um, which is something, um, which is something. I uh, Actually, as we were talking about this, there were a couple yeah. other small tidbits I meant to bring up about it and i didn't I mean, have them in front of me but well, um as i pull those up give me some of your hot takes on it nobody needs this nobody asked for it it's absolute garbage now Perfect. it's probably priced about right if it matches the functionality of their version of the elite controller so i'm a little less offended by it at 199 than i would be even at 249 or 300 which some of the initial rumors were saying i still think it's a lot of money for something that isn't as useful as just a high quality controller. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, I think like, first of all, Microsoft has had an Xbox like this slide over and games like threes and some things where you can multitask and do some light multitasking. This would be a wonderful place to say you can't play two games, but if somebody wants to stream Netflix while somebody else is playing a game, you could do that. Like there's yep. certainly the horsepower available in the PS five to do that, which would be a use case. Yep. Um, you know, is there a use case beyond that? I don't know, because I think you can do local streaming on an Apple or Android device right now. Yep. And so uh, laptops, windows, laptops, anything like yep. literally anything that you can throw a gamepad on. And, you know, there are plenty of, really good controllers for phones that'll snap in and kind of give you this experience for only the cost of that snap in controller and the device you already have. So yeah. like, I'm still like, I'm really wrestling with who this is for, what problem it was trying to solve. Like it just doesn't seem like it adds really any value at all to the PlayStation experience. And I would be just as hard on Microsoft if they launched a device like this, like yeah. you're just not, yeah. You're not offering anything, and the lack of cloud or any reason to ever take it out of your house makes us just, it's going to end up in a drawer somewhere. Like, it's a bauble. It looks cool, and some fanboys are going to go out and grab it because it's the next new announcement, but it really doesn't do anything. No, it doesn't. The So a couple of things here. One is they're targeting the same battery life as the DualSense controllers, which are not very good, according to a lot of the testing. So they're not... Uh, so you're talking about, you know, a handful of hours uh, of having this thing online, um, which I don't love. Um, they did confirm no PS5 cloud streaming. Um, and there was this line that I didn't understand that said no local play, not even media playback. Um, so I don't think I understand that exactly. But that just sounds like even more limited. Um, 
So I'm not too sure what that means. Uh, yeah. Kind of a weird, weird I, I thing. I mean, literally all it's doing is streaming media to the screen. So maybe that's just like translation error. Like, because it's only local play, right? Yeah. I think what maybe they mean is you can't use it as a controller for your... Do you see what I'm saying? Like, you can't just hold this instead of a dual sense to play what's on TV. Because once you turn this on, it takes it from the TV and it has to be on the tablet part. So it's not like even, that's the only it, thing that would make sense, even, right? It's and not even, with that sentence, that's the only thing that would make sense. It's not even duplicating the screen, it's taking the screen away from the living room. I guess, yeah. It's a, I just don't I don't understand what, that, what that meant I by I mean, if you do this on an iOS or Android device, it doesn't do that. Like you can sit in your living room and watch somebody else playing on their phone. Yeah. So, yeah, so I, I, this I taking that this over is... seems kind of weird. So maybe that is a translation problem or or, or 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 coming out. I don't I didn't understand what that means. It does probably mean though that you can't stream Netflix to it. Right. Like so if you wanted to watch Netflix on the TV with the PS5 you could, but you can't watch Netflix on this thing from your PS5 and it doesn't have any apps anyway. Um that might be what they mean by no local play is that like it doesn't have any apps on it, so there's no there's no way to play a game on it without a PS5 turned on, and there's no way to even play media on it locally without a PS5 turned on. Yeah, that might yeah, be that. Yeah. I, that makes sense. So, so basically, like, you can't even put, you know, a couple of MP3s on it to listen to. Like, it doesn't do anything. Right. Right. It is no OS of any kind. I do like the, the one thing I'll give them a cookie for is it is, um, it does remote wake. So, like, you don't have to shuffle. You know what I mean? Like, you have to, like, as soon as you turn it on it knows to phone home and wake it up for this remote play kind of thing um so i think the xbox does that with all the stuff anyway but i i for something that's a bespoke device you would hope that they would have gotten that right so i'm glad that they did um there this is a very interesting thing that i do want to talk about as we finish out this is do you remember when the ps4 came out xbox one and ps4 this is 2013 era and Xbox One would just got lambasted for all this always on connectivity and the connect and the TV and all the stuff for Xbox One got just just fucking slammed right like and rightfully so bad job marketing bad job you know showing off what they could have had as a legitimately cool device and they just ham fisted all the messaging all up they completely ruined the messaging part of it um, PS4 comes out and then hands them their lunch and they did the whole remember the whole the, that video where they were like making fun of them about sharing games with the disc and they just said this is how you share a disc and then the guy gives it to the other guy and <laughs> I share a game and then he gives it to the other guy and he just puts it in the ps4 and yeah. you know it's just yeah, you yeah. know just to you know really drive the fucking nail in for microsoft gave him gave him a gave him a good rubbing as they are throbbing thrumming beat up hit him, whatever you call it, a good, you know, that, yep, um, they, did they and, uh, man, coffee, dude, coffee yep. is so important. Um, so, uh, anyway, uh, gave them the, the, the business and they totally deserved it. Microsoft did. Um, and in amidst the PS4 announcements shuffled underneath all of the glowing praise and everybody freaking out about how amazing the PS4 was. And then the death of the Xbox and TV and blah, blah, blah was playstation was it called plus at the time not plus uh playstation 
online, whatever their online service was called yeah, at the yeah, time. Yeah. I forget because everything's now? getting shuffled around. PS Now? PS Now is their cloud. So it's PS Now, PS Plus, was it? Maybe PS PlayStation Plus? Whatever it was, their PlayStation Online. We'll call it PlayStation um, Pass. S- starting with the PS4, they were going to start charging for it, just like Xbox Live. Like Xbox Live had charged for online for generations from the first Xbox on. And PlayStation said, our online is free forever, right? And then PlayStation 4 with all the rah-rah and everybody excited about it and like, oh my God, this is amazing. Um, They slid in. Oh, and by the way, PlayStation online is going to start costing PSN PlayStation network, PlayStation network. They they said, Hey, by the way, it's going to be 50 bucks a year. (laughs) And they just like slid it in and nobody asked anything. Nobody has any questions. Nobody was upset. They were just like, Oh yeah, well, Sony's amazing. So of course we're going to start paying for their online service. Even though we've spent how many years listening to people bellyache about Xbox live and having to, 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 to to pay for it. Right. So I want to make sure that I underscore this because this is a very important piece. The PlayStation Portal, this little tablet with the controller that splits it, has no Bluetooth of any kind. So what's happening is there is a new technology. Hold on to your butts. There's a new technology called PlayStation Link, and it is a proprietary streaming technology where you can buy a... To date, there's only two devices that you can buy to do this that haven't even launched yet because this thing hasn't launched yet that use PlayStation Link as a proprietary audio codec and wireless streaming technology for either PlayStation wireless earbuds or a PlayStation wireless headset. Their earbuds are like $200, by the way. (laughs) They're super expensive. I don't even know how much the full headset is. But... It does. Those don't use Bluetooth either. Like this is just a proprietary wireless PlayStation protocol to connect to stuff. And this PlayStation portal supports that doesn't support Bluetooth, which PlayStations have supported Bluetooth forever. Now you might ask, well, what about this brand new PS5 that I just ordered and had shipped that also doesn't support PlayStation link. So you need a USB dongle if you want to use these new PlayStation headsets. And nobody's talking about it. And I am telling you, I, I just, it is PSN charging all over again. I'm like, what's, what's happening, actually? What's going on? Like, how... How? How is nobody just flipping tables, just losing their mind? I want, I want, I want it burned all down to the ground. I have heard so many times how upset people are about Xbox having a proprietary wireless protocol for controllers, for, for headsets, for all that. And it's the worst thing in the world. They should just have Bluetooth. What the fuck is wrong with them? Right. And shouldn't our PlayStation saviors, <laughs> dude, I can't handle it. I need you to help me. You need you to talk me off the ledge. Cause I'm real mad about it. And I don't know what to say, dude. I'm, I'm real mad about it. Uh, so <clears throat> I'm going to give you two thoughts. First of all, I have no notes. It sounds perfect. I want more dongles on the two USB ports I have on my PlayStation. Um, broader. Bluetooth clearly does not work for low latency audio and video. Like we've realized that uh, they keep upping the spec and 
it's never been acceptable. It is one of the reasons why taking headphone jacks out of devices that can do actual real-time audio is a sin against humanity. And I did not lay off Apple on doing that. I thought Google starting to make that okay over on Android because Apple had similar to PSN charging. Like it's never been okay. Like the technology isn't there. I support Sony putting research and development into the idea of fixing that. Sure. So broadly speaking, better would be forming a standards-based agency and working together to solve it. Like this is something where all of these guys, Sony, Apple, Microsoft, Google, have a shared interest in getting wireless, low latency audio and video working. They all want the same thing. They're all pulling the same direction. There's no benefit since all of these are fully siloed into this being a place for siloing. Like they're like nobody's winning, nobody's getting ahead there. It's not like the messages thing where it's like a lock-in thing. It's certainly not going to apply here in Sony land because it's such a single purpose device that great, like make your version of it, make the best version of it, sell it, but like the actual underlying codec just let's talk. Let's just talk to each other and stop this nonsense because yes, Bluetooth isn't working. Dongles are dumb as shit. We need something better. I support them doing whatever they want on a system that I'm not going to use. They definitely need that mid-series refresh to add that into the new PS5s, like which I'm they can't not at this point if they're actually refreshing the PlayStation. But yeah, I wouldn't I would say disappointed more than angry. Yeah, it it just feels like the the thing that's going to bother me about it is just that nobody's going to talk about how shitty they thought the Xbox implementation was, but that they're so glad that Sony fixed it. Like, I, that's the part that's going to bother me. Like, I don't, I hate that, like, you, you know, having paid for Xbox Live for a long time and everybody's saying, oh my God, you guys pay for online. And then, and then, <laughs> and then, oh, you got a proprietary, like, where, well, you know, you should use the Bluetooth. And now, and it, but as soon as Sony does it, it's definitely not a problem. It's totally fine. We're so glad that Sony fixed it. It is, it is, they have saved humanity. We are much better about it. Um, yes, I, I, I think more broadly that's, that is great. And like, I, I think somebody should really have sat down and said, we all just want this fixed. So how do we fix it? Let's be part of a consortium, just like HDMI and anything else. Let's just come up with a wireless standard. That's not Bluetooth because Bluetooth isn't for that. Bluetooth is for something else. And let's let Bluetooth be for something else. And, but if, if both Sony and Microsoft have thrown the towel in here for low latency audio, then then that that tells you like it's over right like bluetooth yeah. isn't the answer for this thing and it wasn't right um really don't like that they're ripping bluetooth out like that's maybe the thing that's weird to me because a bluetooth antenna on this 199 dollar tablet couldn't have been but a whopping 80 cents somewhere on a parts list like i'm I just, sure it's already there like it, it would be more expensive to get an soc that doesn't have that if it has wi-fi and other regular stuff Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Like, that's I, true. I'm sure it's on the chip, so yes. Yes, yes. Just fucking give it to us, right? Like, I don't I don't get that at all. Like, maybe it's a problem with insulation and stuff, because this thing has to hit Wi-Fi pretty hard in order to do streaming, so maybe it's just a matter of the amount of antennas they could put into this thing, or, like, whether they were going to argue with each other or something. I don't know. I, I don't have a good answer, honestly. I, I'm not sure why, but that's what we have, I guess. Definitely. 
So um, anyway, that's the PlayStation yeah. Portal. One hundred ninety nine dollars streams your PS five from the living room. One hundred percent will not be getting it. Um, I will, however, be getting myself out of here to go to soccer because that is my life now. It is. It is soccer time. It is soccer. Also, I had thought about over the break travel soccer. Not as cool a name as Rocket League. I think we're going to have to go ahead and ask them because that's sort of what I thought about when you said the words travel soccer is it's really supposed to be Rocket League. So make sure you talk to the uh, very not grumpy at all officiant and tell him that you need to rename all this, by the way, because <laughs> I'm sure he'll be super receptive when you talk to him. Yep, exactly right. Perfect. Um, let's uh, catch up again next week. Sounds great. Have a good night, everybody. Good night.